Is your church sanctuary a stop on the historical architectural tour of your city? Should I preach a series or follow the lectionary? Some thoughts on having a pastoral transition plan. Preaching in season to your winter family when you live in a resort community. Analog and digital, old school and tech savvy. Some tips for preaching with technology you already have. And when it comes to preaching prep, what do you do when you love Mondays and Tuesdays, but Wednesdays and Thursdays are the hard days? In this episode of The Teaching Pastor, we travel out to the desert to have a conversation with David Ludwig, Senior Pastor of Palm Desert Community Presbyterian Church. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Teaching Pastor. And I am Craig Hill, and I'm coming to you from inside the very stylish sanctuary of Palm Desert Community Presbyterian Church. That is a mouthful. It's a long Dave. title. In <laughs> mid-century modern, very hip these days. Very hip. We're beyond hip. Very so. hip. This is this is this is hip. Yeah. It went out for a while, but now it's It did. Now it it's did. back in. You know the sanctuary, uh, the chairman of the board for building it? Dwight Eisenhower. Get out. True story. Dwight Eisenhower. Built this. This is a presidential church. Yeah, that's his pew right there. He has a pew. Right here. The Dwight Eisenhower Memorial yeah. Pew. Mm-hmm. So that's where he would have sat. Yeah. On that very same Very fabric. important to me, <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> and, th- and I am sitting very here with, important. with the Reverend David Ludwig. Yeah. Well, but you, don't, but you don't make people call you that, do you, Dave? No. No. <laughs> Not at all. Now... Uh, Dave, you... If they did, I wouldn't object. <laughs> I'd kind of lean into that, but no. But no, no. Uh, now, Dave, you are just starting your a new season of ministry here <laughs> at Palm Desert right. Presbyterian. Um, tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, we're one of those churches that they actually had a transition plan, which I think a lot of churches might have wished they did. So we did a co-pastor role for the past uh, eight months or so, up until the beginning of this year, Doug Gerard, the Reverend Doug Gerard, retired. And so now I'm the senior pastor. Okay. And people often ask, how did that go? And I say, at any point during the co-pastor relationship, he could have made it hell for me and I could have made it hell for him and neither of us did. Okay. And so it worked about as well as I think he could have hoped or I could have And hoped. you did that for about 18 months or about no, a year or? about eight, eight months maybe. Okay. Yeah, so I was here for, a, hired as an associate pastor with the intent of going a into succession. the co Yeah. Right. So. Right. And yeah. then when did you, when was your official first Sunday as the new senior pastor? The first Sunday of January. First Sunday of January. Yeah. Yeah. And that that uh, that is not even on the website, right? You can't even find the, like, the, the sermon on that day. I Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, that is, so, uh, Dave, so tell me, we were talking a little bit off, uh-huh. off bef- um, this before, just about the path to Palm Desert, because you're, you're not a Palm Desert-ite. No. I mean, grew up vacationing out here. My parents had a, a timeshare, and my dad would bring us out here in the summer when it's 150 degrees or Perfect. whatever. And I'd be like, Dad, what are we doing? He's like, well, we get two week, we get two weeks in the summer, only one week or three days during the winter. We're coming out here. So we would do the Because timeshares have turned out to be such a great... <laughs> yeah, great investment. <laughs> but he was into the two weeks as opposed to one. So. Yeah. 
we'd golf at 120 degrees, I'd be jumping in pools on the fairway. So good memories. Uh, but anyways, so didn't intend to get into ministry, but very strong Christian home, uh, which influenced everything. Uh, but where did you grow up? In Burbank. In Burbank. Yeah. And then, uh, so after college at SC, I teaching and coaching was my trajectory. Looking forward to it, um, and was teaching. Uh, LA Unified for a handful of years, and then we were down in South Orange County, and I was teaching at a private school and coaching and refing volleyball. And, and then my wife was working for a magazine and doing some marketing. And uh, a former uh, college pastor of ours moved to St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. It was called there. In and Newport Beach. In Newport Beach, where Jess went to junior high and high school group. Uh, she went to the schools close by. And Tim, our former uh, college pastor, asked her if she, she wanted to go on staff, um, just as a surprise, you know, help me, int introduce me to the area, introduce me to some people. And so, surprisingly to me, she asked, what do you think? I said, hey, it's what you want to do, go for it. So she was working at a church, and, uh, and, and I just started helping out. Enjoyed that immensely as a volunteer. An internship opened up. I talked to the guy, Tim, who knew me well from my college days, and I said, hey, I might apply. He goes, you're way too much of an introvert for ministry. And I was like, okay. I applied anyways, and so they hired me, and then one thing led to another. So high school ministry, which was great because we were across the street from a high school. Right, Newport Harbor High is really right across the street. really wanted to develop a relationship with that school. Yeah. So I actually started coaching there. Okay. Which introduces you to students, to parents, to administration, everybody. Yeah. And so that was a great inroad to ministry, and I really liked being a part of the community and stuff like that. And that turned into a student ministry job, and then family ministry job, and then finally being ordained as a as know, a Presbyterian pastor, yeah, Presbyterian pastor there. So that's fantastic. Didn't see it coming. Yeah. One thing led to another. Fourteen years at that church. Okay. So that's a long. That is a long. That's long a, tenure. That's yeah. a good. That's a good time. Yeah. Especially and for youth. Right. Right. Yeah. And on. Yeah. I had. There's no real reason for me to leave. Yeah. Like things were things were good. So. Uh, what brought me here was. You know, it's not right or wrong, but they were making some decisions that seemed to be a regional type church, multi-campus content producing, which is great, but it's just not my wheelhouse. I want to be like the person in the community mm -hmm. spending time there. And so we didn't put out resumes or anything, but Jess and I started thinking about what would be next? What would it look like? And, you know, things came up like we'd want to go to a church where the church loves their pastor and the pastor loves the congregation, you know? We'd want to be in a strong community church. We'd want to be close enough to family, you know. And then one time, we're out here on vacation in spring one time, and Doug Gerard, who was the former pastor, he we had met a couple times, and he called me. He's like, Dave, I heard you're out here on vacation. Can we meet for lunch? And over lunch, he says, uh, hey, I'm retiring in about two years. What do you think about Potential. And that's how it all began. That's how it began. Wow. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's it's great to see out here. It looks like I mean, just being on the verge of a new season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where did you get your training? Like, what was where? How did that all work? I know I'm out here for a fuller lecture series. Right. But um, but what was your training like? Um. Well, 
I went to the University of Southern California, which of which course is a great Christian college. Robust theological yeah. training. Did you know it started as Methodist? I do know that. Okay, it used you to did. be Claire, Claremont School of Religion used to be their seminary. Oh, really? Yeah. Fascinating. Well, you know more than I do. So, again, wasn't thinking the theology pastor route. But as I got more involved at the church, and I think it was when I made the transition to high school ministry, I started seminary at Fuller. And, um, and so I did the very part-time, mostly Irvine Extension, which was great. Um, but at the time, you had to take 12 classes or something for yep. your AMSIF at Pasadena. So, uh, yeah, the training was through Fuller and uh, got my Master's of Divinity there. And now I'm back at Fuller for the doctor program. Okay. D-Min. D-Min. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, we'll spend most of my time in like the leadership portion yeah. with Todd Bolsinger. Okay. Like yeah. Well, that's good. Well, let's talk a little bit about this. Th this podcast is about getting from passage to message in terms of teaching. Mm -hmm. And um, so here in, in the Presbyterian world, you, you have a little bit, you guys are eco in terms yeah. of, um, but even within that, that, um, that movement or that denomination, the length of a sermon is going to vary. Like mm -hmm. at St. Anne, you know, say from, you know, 40, 45 minutes to 20, 25, or even shorter than that. So what's your, what's a good length of sermon here at Palm Desert for you? 20 to 25. Okay. And there's a really good Catholic priest in the Valley who does great sermons in 12 minutes. So that's kind of the standard <laughs> out here. So <laughs> if you go too long, they'll be like, we're just going to go to Father Lincoln's church. You know, and they're messing around, but he does a good job. So that I think out here, older population for sure, um, the shorter A sermons. good homily is yeah. what you're looking for. Yeah, right. You're 20 to 25 minutes is yeah. what I do. Yeah. Now, does that make it easier or harder to preach for you, do you think? That kind I mean, I'm fairly new, right? Yeah. As a youth pastor, you give more talks, messages. Right. And so, like, the preaching moment, I'm still pretty new at. Yeah. Um, but 20 to 25 seems like my kind of wheelhouse. Okay. It's where I end up anyways, generally. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's been working out. That's good. Yeah. That's great. Right. Yeah. What do you think, What making that transition from more youth-oriented mm -hmm. to now, well, not youth-oriented, right. yeah. um, even more seniors, what has that been like for your, for your prep and just how you're approaching the, the craft? Yeah. One time... Uh, one of the students asked me, like, well, somehow it came out of conversation. He said, what's the difference between what you do on midweek and a sermon? And I had to think about that for a while, but it seemed like a talk for students or any Sunday school class or something like that. You're kind of getting to a point, but you're hoping for people to change over the course of a month of being with you or multiple talks, relationship. You, you know, know like you're going to build off of this. You're going to build one after another right. and it's a time with them. I kind of feel like in a sermon, you're trying to get people to a point of change in that 20 to 25 minutes. Wow. Okay. So it's kind of like wrap this thing up in a way that inspires them right away as opposed yeah. to making a point and living life with them. Right. You know, I now, suppose not to say you don't do right. that. But you have a lot more visitors, one-time shot. Right. So. And I suppose in a youth group environment, you as a youth pastor expecting multiple touch points with yep. students. So yep. you're going go to their, you're gonna Games, go to their football game. You're, you're going to follow up with postcards. You're going to be at the, yeah. 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 And with whereas you're going to have out here or There's at too many. any church. Can do it. You, maybe you get a touch point with somebody outside off of a Sunday. Right. Um, maybe a couple times a year. Maybe, you know, a couple, maybe a couple 
times a month, maybe. Yeah. But um, it is a little different, and so the yeah. there's an urgency then. That's what I feel. Okay. That, that's what I feel is that yeah, you got to come to a good point. Yeah. And, 20, and you got 22 minutes. and a half minutes right, to, to do it to nail that down, or they're yeah. going to go to the to the Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> he's a legend out here. Is so he? It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. That's a great. Have you have you had a chance to connect with him? Uh, in May, okay. I actually have an appointment set up. With I him, love so, it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so much to learn there. Right. So your your training. Um, so when you are getting ready, are you following a lectionary? Or I'm not Presbyterian. I'm not even high church. I know that you're in an Anglican church. You're following a lectionary, so you're not really getting a chance to decide. Oh, this is a sermon series, series or something yeah. like that. How are you deciding that? What was your first series? Or are you going off of a lectionary? How's that work? Um, Right now, since January, we're kind of preaching through our vision frame, okay. where we're headed. Uh, right now, leading up to Easter, I'm following the lectionary. Okay. I actually like following the lectionary. I like to be given a passage as opposed to prescribing a passage. Mm -hmm. I just feel with the series sometimes, which I'll do. I'm going to do series. I'm not going to yeah. not do it. But you kind of have to end up at the point of the series. Right. You have to end up there. Whereas if you're given a passage, you just get to be curious. Yeah, you, you know? just get to explore and right. see what's in it. Yeah. And not bring your own agenda That's right. necessarily. That's right. And yeah. so I'm trying to actually think like if I can decide on a theme, if I can have some elders and associate pastors assign me passages. Because I just like that. I don't know mm. if it'll work that way. Yeah. But um, like I said, why not? You get a chance. That is a good question about... Um, that I will typically ask people is how does team work into that? And right. so you, you ultimately, um, I guess one of the questions, two questions on this, um, how many, how many Sundays a year are you looking to preach? Like what would be a healthy number of Sundays where you're that. preaching? I've heard that 32 to 35 is generally, you know, reasonable. Mm -hmm. um, some people have said like 38. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm planning to do three out of four. Okay, um, so okay, that's and how we're headed. and then the other weeks, are you looking? It hasn't at, been prescribed. Yeah, no, so I yeah. I get it. it yeah. I mean, whether it's been prescribed or not, there's probably some expectation, you know, in right. figuring that out. And, and I think three out of four people wouldn't have a problem with. And out here during season, we're very seasonal. Everyone tries to pack everything in when everybody's here. So, so you mentioned you've mentioned that, and in, even in one of your sermons, you talk about in season. Yeah, what's in season out here? It's, I mean, it's. November through May. Okay. And the lion's share of the people are all here late January through into March. The snowbirds. April, yeah. People who wear snows where they live, they're yep. here. Yeah. Winter family, we like to call them. Winter family. Yeah. The winter family. Yeah. And then the real, then the true believers are here when it's 120 mm -hmm. in the summertime. Which is when we moved out here, August. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect timing. Genius. Yeah, genius. Mm -hmm. So when you think about team and who will fill in those other spots, do you have people within your congregation, on your staff, that on you staff. As, a, as a teaching yeah. team? But, you know, we, we also bring in a lot of guest preachers. For example, like we have a the Fuller Speaker Series, but we also have a Fuller Sunday because we have a long time relationship with Fuller Theological yeah. Seminary. So um, every year we have a Fuller Series. We have you know missionaries come in. All of this is usually during the season. Yeah. Um, um, and so if it's not them, it'll be an associate pastor or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
when you think about team and your prep, you've talked about, I mean, you talk about lectionary or even the idea of having people assign you passages on a topic, like how, do you have an idea about where that's going to move toward in terms of team, or are you still kind well, of right figuring that out? Well, right now the main teachers on Sunday morning would be myself and our associate, associate pastor, Sid Buzzle, uh, who was literally in the congregation, uh, just retired. And he has been a president of seminaries. He's been a professor. He's been pastor of huge churches in Texas. He was okay. just there. And so they're asked, well, what do you want for an associate pastor? I was like, let me talk to Sid because we had a good relationship yeah. and he liked where things were headed. And so okay. he jumped on board. So um, I get to learn from him a lot. Oh, that's fantastic. Which is wonderful. And he'll uh, give encouragement and he'll give very constructive, you know, like it's a really good relationship. So um, as much as I can uh, include him, but we kind of do the whole preaching thing scheduled together. Okay. But I haven't actually tried to get him and maybe one or two other people. But like I said, I really enjoy being assigned yeah. the passages. So I've just begun to think, we haven't done it yet, but I wonder if I would have Sid give me the passages huh. for a, a series. That's not a bad idea. For those of you listening at home, if you have a chance to hire an associate pastor, find a, a, a retired seminary president. Yeah. Yeah, who's just in your congregation. No kidding. That'll be great. And you know, there's people like that all over this congregation. Really? Oh yeah, I mean, one of my favorite stories was, uh, there's this guy on our strategic planning committee and I, I brought a Jim Collins book, you know, to make a point. And he saw it and he's like, oh, Jim Collins. Yeah, we used to do leadership seminars on the Great Wall of China and we would have people rappel down the Great Wall. Like, that's not abnormal. You wow. know, people come out here to retire. And so people are connected out here. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, especially the, during this time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it's, it's a fascinating group of people, so. That's great. Yeah. Now, when you are doing, when you think about, okay, so you have a passage, like this last week you mm -hmm. did, um, you were in the, the cleansing of the temple or the, the temple passage in John, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, lectionary. That's the lectionary. That's the lectionary passage. Yeah. How many passages come out of the lectionary? There's one from the psalm. You got yeah, and then there's usually a Old Testament. Old Testament and then two New Testaments okay. usually, I think. And then you, you just you, choose one. Okay, so when you're looking at that and you start to, to begin to geek out in there, um, what are you using to look at that passage? Are you using multiple translations? Are you yeah. just looking at one? Are you using Bible software? I usually start with printing out. I'm old school. I, I like to feel and to be able to write, um, print out like three or four different translations. Uh -huh. And then, like I was taught in seminary, just begin the question answering, the question asking mm -hmm. time. And then, before I start writing stuff out, I try to arrive at like, what do I see as like the major question that I'm excited about, you know? Um, and so, and then, you know, use commentaries. So, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll typically try to get one like a, a like a Dale Bruner or somebody like that, or. Barkley has them for all of them, so right. I'll try to always go to him and try to get like one other. And then, so look for common themes in there, stuff that interests me. But I also like to go online and just like geek out, like you said, on some blogs. Okay. To see if there's interesting interpretations out there. Yeah. And part of that tends to end up being just for my interest because I'm not going to you know, preach to the whole congregation on what yeah. some random guy's blog yeah, is. Yeah, well, it, that's the thing about the internet, right? right? It's like you could have some crackpot going. Absolutely. Do you have like standard ones that you like blogs? Uh, 
Yeah, but I probably won't say it here. Okay. <laughs> Okay, someone in the congregation. All right, all right. But we'll what go I'll off, do off is if I, f all right, <laughs> if I find something that's interesting in there, yeah, in a blog, I'll take it to the commentaries that are more. Okay. And if there's any similarities, You'll then maybe I'll lean into it. But if it seems like it's out yeah. there, then I won't. It seems like a good process to check. You know, you spend your time in your own your own observations. Mm -hmm. um, you compare, and then you kind of compare it against right. what other people have said. Right. Even some crackpots. And, and, yeah. and see, okay, well, let's see where this is. Are we on the same? And like, some what of can those, we do with this? I mean, if you, crack if pots, I, I read it pots. and then you see something similar in like a, a Bruner who nobody's going to question, then it adds a lot of color or a different right. question you might ask mm -hmm. rhetorically to the congregation. And I enjoy that, you know, so. Uh, but, you know, not necessarily a blog, but Christianity Today usually has some good articles on stuff. Yeah. That would stretch my congregation. Yeah. Um, Patheos or whatever that is. Right. Is more, you know, forward thinking. And so, um, again, wouldn't go completely off of it, but it might yeah. add a wrinkle or a bent that yeah. you didn't get otherwise. I do like, Dave, you've got this kind of like analog and digital side where you're like, yeah. I'm printing it out, but I'm going to the blogs or I'm using... So how has technology played into prep for you or even what you're doing on, on a Sunday morning when you're when you're preaching? Are you using paper notes? Have you gotten ebooks at all or is this, are you just a, a paper? I'm pretty manuscript. Yeah. Um, Clay Schmidt, he used to be my professor for preaching and he said, he asked us at the beginning of class, he said, who are your favorite preachers? And people were saying all these names and he's like, I know him, manuscript. I know him, manuscript, and they're like, no, he's not, no, he's not, and he's like, yeah, he, is. he just knows his manuscript, you know, mm. and so his uh, thing was write a manuscript and internalize it, huh. and so that's what I've done, Yeah. And, and I'm a pretty linear thinker, and I get to my points really quick, so if I don't have a manuscript, it's going to be an eight-minute sermon. <laughs> I'm going to make my point and drop the mic, I'm out. You're like, I beat that Catholic priest yeah, right. by like four <laughs> minutes. Yeah, so I kind of, I, you know, I know people who don't have a plan and they can get to, you know, their end point really well, and that's just not me. Right. And so um, I, I do manuscripts. Yeah. 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 Do um, And we'll usually bring it up, but have notes on the side. Mm -hmm. And so, I, you know, the attempt is to keep eye contact and engagement with the congregation. Right, right. right. So you've internalized it enough yeah. where you're not, you might look down to, to kind of find your spot. So speaking of technology, what I try to do is have it done by Friday, at least a huge majority mm -hmm. of it. I record it onto my phone. Okay. And then I listen to it. There's really good hiking around here. Yeah. Or uh, for a workout or something like that. And so I try to listen to it a couple of times as opposed to just sitting down and reading it. So. so you just read it in like a voice memo mm -hmm. into your phone, mm -hmm. and then you then hit one of the Save trails it. out here. And yeah. Oh, that's, and listen that's to a it great three idea. times, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And do you make changes after you've listened to it? You're like, usually. oh, I sound like a total geek there. Or usually. Like, I've got to make some changes. Yeah, or it helps you say, oh, here's the main point. Uh, so you hear it, you know, huh. and then, which helps you with the application. Huh. That's a great idea. I have never, I've never heard anybody do that. Where did you, did you just like come up with that your own or was that recommended to you in some way no I think I I, I don't think I the David anybody. Ludwig uh, way this I is guess secret, so. this is true secret sauce I guess so 
Well, <laughs> if it if I'm, I mean, there could be someone who does their own way of things, and they're horrible. So I mean, that could be it too. Well, I think that's a great idea. I mean, with all the technology, and like you said, like I, I know a lot of guys who and and women who part of their process is just walking, like yeah. just just to think, just to walk, but to be able to actually hear, what would this sound like if I were actually preaching it and right. then to make your changes? Do you ever like, you're out on a trail and you're way out there and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to write this down. But then you've got your phone you can and you can, make your, you can make your notes there. Yeah. You're a genius. And dude. really it's not for like, how does it sound? It's just trying to get the information in my head. Okay. Just trying to hear it, trying to get the main points, trying to get the gist of each section, stuff yeah. like that. Oh, that's a great, that's a great, great idea. Because when you read it, you're actually pretty monotone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like you've sat with it enough that you're like emotionally invested into it. So hopefully more of the emotion comes out in the preaching right. moment. I'm just right. literally trying to get the information. You're just reading off the manuscript into yeah. your phone and you haven't, you're, it's not like you've worked up Right. You found your motivation. Right. <laughs> like yeah, an and there are people in front of you that you know you have to try yeah. to communicate it to. So yeah. it's more information transfer, yeah. internalizing. Now, when you think about at the beginning of this season, this new season, and going from youth ministry now as a senior pastor, and um, the idea of finding your voice, like finding your particular style, your particular approach, do you feel like you you come you're coming in with a pretty established sense of who I am as a teacher as a preacher, or do you feel like this is part of this is an exploration? Um, maybe more than I should. I just pretty comfortable with what I'm what I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't feel like I have a real expectation. I mean. It's funny, not coming into a career of wanting to be a preacher, I don't have some preconceived anybody I want to be like. Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, standing up in front of a bunch of people on Sunday isn't like, oh, hero status to me. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so, if I can just make people think, if I can enjoy the prep because I'm getting to some question that I'm really mm -hmm. curious about, I think that comes through, and uh, yeah, I think people, yeah. I, I honestly think that if people see you excited about what you're talking about, yeah. um, they're going to at least be into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And so, so far it's been all right, and so I there's always room to improve. Yeah, no doubt. But for right now. I think the uh, best version of Dave Ludwig you can be. Yeah. Right. Right. That's what your aspiration is. Yeah. Which is great. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. When you think about the process of preparation all the way from the first time you look at the passage or even planning out ahead to delivering the message, like there's always things that like get you amped up, like you love and you can't wait to get that part. And there's things that like make you want to crawl in the fetal position. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that, that really get you going? Like what, what do you really enjoy about this process? The early part? Yeah. The f figuring out what the big question is or, you know, just the question writing is pretty exciting. Um, and, you know, digging into the commentaries and stuff like that is pretty cool too to find the answers. But turning that into a sermon, that's kind of the part that, <laughs> this time of the week. Okay. Wednesday, Thursday. It's Wednesday, Thursday. And then like the Friday you're struggling like, okay, how is this all coming together to one point? That's like the more ambiguous, okay. like, how is this gonna be? Like there's tension there. Um, but yeah, it's the actual writing of it. Um, I, like, I like thinking about it. I like 
exploring it, like being curious about it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But actually making decisions and deciding what's in, what's not. Yeah, what just works, the tedious part of writing it. Yeah. You know, it's it, it can't get done unless you do it. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> yes. the reality is that you just got to sit down and do it. You can't. I mean, like I said, if I had more of an ability to to speak unscripted and get to a good point in yeah. a captivating way, then maybe I wouldn't have to go through this process every week, but I do. Yeah. Know? Are there things that you do other than your the, the hikes and the phone? Are there anything that you do to kind of stoke the the process, the creative process? Um, is there coffee involved with this? Is there t where do you do your best work? I guess is the. Well, my favorite place is down the street at this place called <laughs> IW Coffee. And it's a cool coffee shop that's, um, I would say it's a lot more inspirational than the typical church office. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like creative space and all that. Yeah. There's something about a coffee shop too where there's motion going on, but it's not about you. Right. It's you the know? anonymity. It's the anonymity of the crowd. Right. And you know a couple people, but they're not here to see you. And so, um, and there's just motion. Whereas if you're just in an office, but like I said, I like to print things out. And so like to have things available to be mm. printed and to write on things, it's easier to be in an office. So I go between the two. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, now when you, when you uh, in the last year and a half here at, um, at Palm Desert Community Press, has there been kind of a favorite sermon or a favorite series that you have done so far? Yeah, two series. One, we preach through the Lord's Prayer. Okay and loved it because we do the Lord's Prayer every week here. Okay. And so it was very inspiring to people um, to dig deep into that. And we basically used, um, what's his name? Daryl Johnson. Okay. He's up at Regent. His book, 57 Words uh, That Changed the World. We use that as kind of a launching point. And uh, it's a great book and it was a good series. And then, um, again, they're familiar with it, so they have prior knowledge. And so then you, gr you, you add to that, and people were very appreciative. Hmm. And I think that it has changed with how we say the Lord's Prayer on a regular basis here. Another series we did, um, we preached through kind of our service order, our liturgy. Oh, okay. Why do we do a call to worship? Why is it so unique that we have a assurance of pardon? And again, prior knowledge, we do it all the time, but... The worst part of the liturgy is, of course, that it can grow stale and monotonous. Right. And then you're, you know, getting the threat from every Old Testament prophet about useless religion, right? Right. And so to preach through that of why we do that and why each part is significant was really helpful for our congregation and uh, hopefully inspiring to us on staff to think about how can we do these things in the way they're intended as opposed to just monotonous yeah. religion. So Yeah. Was there anything when you're doing your Lord's Prayer, mm -hmm. the Lord's Prayer, um, probably the Nathan Lord's Prayer is what we're talking about from yeah. Matthew. We left off the, 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 for, the, the yeah. for the kingdom and the yeah. power and the glory. Um, was there anything that's nothing so, against it. Yeah, no, no nothing it. against right. it. Just you know, it's probably a textual variant. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but was there anything that surprised you about the about the passage, or anything just that you saw with new eyes, as through your own study or through um, Johnson's observations? Um, I think the premise of his book is that the genius of the Lord's Prayer, the genius of Jesus, that he brings all of us 
physical, spiritual, mental, like past, present, future in front of all of God. And to contain and to do that prayer every single week is a really powerful thing. Mm. And so, um, uh, yeah, just being able to learn that with the congregation together was a pretty well, So walk me through that idea of past, present, future, like what in the Lord's Prayer, what do you, what do you mean by that? Um, well, like, let's say, let's say past, forgive us our debts, present, give us this day our daily bread, uh, in the future, um, deliver us from evil. So like mm. your, our past selves, what we're dealing with right mm. now um, in the future, but also, uh, you know, the spiritual side, which is obviously like forgive us our sins. Phys physical would be sustenance. Um, so anyway. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just holistic. Right. In terms of time yeah. and person. And he would even say like, you know, like give us uh, this day our daily bread like God be with the whole process from planting till it ends up on our hmm. tables yeah so everyone who's working everyone the the distribution like you're just praying for all right. of earth to work towards his will yeah and to care for all these people who are mm -hmm. involved so yeah it's a pretty neat book that's cool yeah that's a great book now these folks are probably still getting to know you mm-hmm um, and 20 minutes, 22 minutes a pop on a Sunday morning. Um, how are you deciding about like personal illustrations, personal stories? You can't really get lost in a story about yourself in 22 minutes per se. Right. Um, but how, how are you deciding about that? I mean, you're married, you know, how much do you share about that, about th those kinds of things? Um, asking permission, you know, how's that working? Yeah. I think I do a decent amount of personal stories. I just think we're applicable. Um, I, I, I try to be pretty available between services, try to be pretty available on Wednesday nights. Um, I'm actually, an, I guess this is a good way to explain it. I'm, an, I'm as introverted as introverted people can be. Okay. You know, but people who see me just at church be like, no way. You know, so I just, Pour it on for a couple hours here and there, you know. So I'm and then around, you go. People get to pass know, out and then and nap. Know. Like Sunday afternoon is pretty much like right. I'm taking I'm down. my one year old on a long walk. You know what I mean? Something <laughs> like that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think they. I don't think anybody would. I can't say anybody. I don't think a majority of people would say like Dave hasn't opened himself out to us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and again, if you're passionate about what you're talking about, they see some it's going to come out that too, right? You know, I love I love how when you think about what do I preach in the sermon? Well, what what am I excited about? Yeah. What what am I passionate about? Right. What am I seeing that is like getting me going? Right. Have there ever been times where you're like, I'm in a passage and it's just hard to find something that's that's yeah like, this week do. <laughs> Like I said, leading up to Easter, we're doing the lectionary, and so it's John 3, what is it, 14 through 22, which you have John 3, 16, right? Right. I've seen it a million times. And it's off some random conversation with Nicodemus before, you know, and so you're just like, what is it? And so I think what got, again, what got me excited was here we have John 3, 16 followed up by, which is just crazy, just like gospel of love, and then it's followed up by judgment. 
17 through 22. Mm. And so how do you jump from one to the other? And that was a really fun question for me to look into huh. too. So, um, but it took longer to get to because I was like, how does this fit in? Where does Jesus stop talking? Where does John stop talk, start talking? You know, it's a it's right. And the last thing I want to do is just talk about some one verse that we use as a formula for all of eternity. And you know, right. I wanted to get Holding away up from at a football that. game, right? Yeah, because it's so familiar. Right. So for, and sometimes the most familiar passages. I think that's what I experienced. Are the hardest this week. Ones. Is, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to not do that, and so I just had to stick with it enough to get something that excited me yeah so uh, that's great it's great well Dave thanks so much for taking time it's so good to hear yeah thanks for having me yeah for having seeing a new season here in, in a beautiful building in a beautiful spot it yeah. just it seems like uh, you guys are poised for a really great uh, season of ministry I out hope here. so yeah it looks like that so. very cool yeah thanks again thanks we hope you enjoyed that conversation with David Ludwig uh, if you'd like to listen to any of David's sermons at Palm Desert Community Presbyterian Church, you can go to their website, uh, pdpresby.org. There will be, there'll be a link in the show notes as well if you want to access some of that. There's also some links to Fuller Theological Seminary, where David is doing his work, and why I was out in Palm Desert to do a lecture series on um, reading the Bible. Um, also, a link to... Um, Dale Bruner's commentary on the Gospel of John. Um, also, an interview with Clay Schmidt, who was David's uh, preaching teacher, um, and an interview with him at Fuller as well. Um, also, I had to put in a link for IW Coffee out in Palm Desert because they're doing great work um, keeping David caffeinated, um, as well as Daryl Johnson's uh, book on the Lord's Prayer, 57 Words That Change the World. So um, I think I'm going to pick that one up as well. So if you're enjoying The Teaching Pastor, uh, do us a favor. Go on iTunes and leave a review. Um, that would be a great help to us. It brings our profile up, uh, not just clicking the stars, but leaving, actually typing out a review. Um, also, um, probably the best thing you can do is recommend this or other of these podcasts to someone who might appreciate it, uh, whether you are at David's church and you think people might just appreciate hearing a little bit more about how David um, goes through his week in preparation, or if you're listening to any of these other podcasts, uh, any of these other episodes, uh, pass it along. Uh, we're aiming to have um, lighthearted but seminary-level and practitioner-focused conversations about moving from passage to message for anyone who teaches the Bible. So hopefully this is a, a place that um, can be mildly entertaining, but also a place that is hopefully inspiring to, uh, to move you um, to sharpen your tools of teaching the Bible. Um, it's a great community, a great place, getting some conversations. These are great, uh, great things to do. So uh, we also have a Patreon page. You can check that out at patreon.com forward slash the teaching pastor. If you have other thoughts or comments, you can find me at theteachingpastor at gmail.com. So, until the next episode, I am Craig Hill, and this is the Teaching Pastor Podcast. I want to hear the good Lord say, well.